Welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast, helping you understand the process from first looking for a house all the way through to picking up your keys, speaking to industry experts to get their take on things, providing you with some nuggets of information you'll find useful on your own journey. I think you'll like this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, Joe Thompson, and today we have Oliver Howard from OHRE a real estate agency based in West London. Lovely to meet you, mate. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good, thanks to you. I'm very good, thank you. I'm very Thank you for having me good. on. That's very kind of you. That's very nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for accepting, more like. <laughs> sure, a, absolutely. Bit of a tradition on my podcast. We like to do some quick fire questions just to get us warmed up. So are you ready? Are you ready? Absolutely, go for it. Okay, north or south? South. Hot or cold? Cold, definitely cold. <laughs> Beach or pool? Beach or pool? Oh, I don't really like either of them. <laughs> I go pool. I go with the pool. We go okay. the pool. Football or rugby? Rugby, absolutely rugby. Barbecue or Sunday roast? Oh, Sunday roast, absolutely. Long walk or spa day? Oh, spa day. No, no exercise for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lo- lottery win or self-made millionaire? Self-made millionaire. I like it. I like it. So, Absolutely. so uh, O-H-R-E. Yes, O-H-R-E. Where did this come from? Where did the business start? How did you get into it? The So, I got into a state agency generally about five years ago now, five years ago. And the way I got into it was is very different from most people. Most people go, oh yeah, I had a friend that did it or my my family's in real estate or anything like that. I don't think I've actually told the story before, but um, I, I my, my ex-girlfriend, um, her sister's boyfriend was a big real estate agent in Sweden. Um, and I was kind of interested in that. And then we went through a really, really bad breakup and I kind of went, well, do you know what? I don't know what I'm doing with my life here. I don't know where I want to be. I'm single. I want to go to the place where there's going to be lots of single people. So I ended up in London and <laughs> went into real, uh, went into a state agency because I just I like property as it is generally. And the guy that I took the inspiration from, he made quite a lot of money. Um, and that's kind of where it, me getting into a state agency came from. Um, and then I worked for my old company for four and a half years. Um, I was their top biller um, for the last two years I was there. I think I made them about 1.5 million pounds in two years, wow. something like that. Um, was flying high, loving it, doing really well. And then I just felt like it was too old school and it got too boring at the end. Um, nothing was changing. Everything was the same way as it was for the last 150 years. And I noticed things were starting to change with people on Instagram and social media, like um, people like Grant Bates and things like that, where they were posting their video tours and actually selling properties through social media. And I was like, you know what? There's a massive hole for that. What I started trying to do was trying to do that at my old company. And because it's a big corporate company, any change that comes from someone that's not in the board, they didn't like it. They weren't happy. It's full stop. So they told me I had to stop doing it. Full stop, you stop doing it. And my instant reaction was, why? 
why would I stop doing it? Um, I sold, I got an offer on a property, uh, a 2.25 million pound property through a YouTube video. Uh, and it was worth <laughs> about 55 grand in fees. Um, and despite that, it was still, no, no, not allowed to do it. Not allowed to do it at all. And I was like, you're taking the, you're taking yeah. the kiss now. This is a joke. And then I was just like, do you know what? I've made quite a lot of money the last two years. I can see a hole in the industry. I think this is where it's going. The self-employed American style brokerage model starting to take off, slowly but surely starting to take off. And I want to now be a front runner in that, really specialize in the digital aspect of it. No one needs an office. You can all work from home, but the digital side is so important because I think what, there's a billion people on Instagram. Yes, wow. obviously you're not going to reach 1 billion people ever, but yeah. I always say to my vendors, 99% of the chance no one's going to buy your house or your flat through Instagram or TikTok or whatever. It's always the case. But especially in London, there is so much generational wealth. Like I sold a 2.25 million pound house to a 23 year old whose dad bought it for him. And exactly. <laughs> and, and that shows you what is there especially in london like if you can hit these people on TikTok and instagram and so on that's a massive pool of people that you can hit more so that's basically the foundation of ohre is it's all about um, the company motto is dare to be different it's, it's doing something that is completely different to what's being done in the uk right now and pushing it on um so yeah that's that's how it came about essentially that's that's the foundation of ohre i love that story i love that and, and it, it goes to show how uh, archaic some big corporates are because they've got this strategy, it's worked for X amount of years. Absolutely. But the world is changing. And if you don't change with it, you get left behind. So. And this is why, this is firmly why I believe that so many, you see in the, in the news and articles all the time, there's so many corporate agencies that are either going under, going bust, or they are being sold off now for significantly less money than they were bought for X amount of years ago because nothing is changing and it's not evolving in any way. And just because something worked 50 years ago, 20 years ago, doesn't now mean it works nowadays. If you're not gonna include every form of marketing humanly possible, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna die essentially. And that's why I found it easy, but easier to take stock off corporate agencies because it's not hard to pitch to someone look i can give you all the marketing humanly possible they are just putting it on right moving zoopla it's not enough and yeah that's why so many are crumbling now and so many of the best people in the industry are now going do you know what actually there's so much money if you're good at the job in self-employed stuff that I mean, one of my deals right now is the the fees thirteen and a half grand for a two bedroom flat at a corporate <laughs> company. That is a thousand pounds max pre tax. So I'm just wow. like, it's, it, that pays your basic salary in one deal if you're at a corporate. It's that simple. But yeah, I just think so much is changing, and those that don't either try and change or get on board with the change completely, it's just not gonna work. It's that everyone's gonna slowly start dying out and the new wave is gonna come in. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 you can see it going that way and, and it really catches you. It's funny, um, uh, about six months ago to a year ago, I was doing mortgage related videos and I was told you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Why? Again, a big corporate, you can't do that, why? 
Well, because, you know, we're not sure if it's compliant. Well, it is compliant. I'm not giving advice out. <laughs> exactly. No, you're just literally stood there with most of my videos pre-property tours. They were literally just me talking like they, they were nothing really important. They were nothing really exciting. But with those videos, I instructed a three point two million pound house in Notting Hill. Wow. And if everyone at a corporate agency did that, they would take over. It's not hard. Like if they all grew a brand, but yeah. they don't. And like, yes, obviously you're not allowed to give out it. You're not allowed to go past the rules in corporate agency where there's so much red tape, but there is still certain things people can do, but they just don't like it because it's yeah. most of the people on the board of directors of these companies are 50, 60, 70 year old men and women who don't actually even probably know what Instagram or TikTok is in the first place. <laughs> and it's an alien concept to them. And they go, nah, you're not going to do anything through social media. That won't help. And then the last three weeks, I sell two pro what, a property through Instagram and a property through TikTok. Like, it, it's, it, it's so stupid. And that's like, yeah. my company was born out of stupidity from other people. It was like, it's something I wanted to do, but it was also a necessity for, the, for my area of London because it's so slow and it's so old school that it just needed to change. And I completely get what you're talking about. Like, it's, it's bonkers. And talking of your social media, it, it's uh, it, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. And do you know what I love about it as well? There's some controversial comments and things on there, and I just love the way you deal with them. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. Like that, my my videos are not there to be. Most of them are not there to be serious. Most of them are there to show me as a person, be fun, be exciting. I don't want to be boring. Like that's the opposite, and that's why I can happily run around a 2.4 million pound house, sprint around, make myself look like a bit of an idiot, but it works and it's it's great. And yeah, I, I mean, I get, a, I probably get about four or five hate messages or comments a day at the moment. And a while ago, it was a lot more. It was probably closer to 10, 15 a day. Um, and I just find them funny. Like I find them hilarious. I think I've spoken about it with loads of other people as well. It's, I find it funny that some random person is taking probably two or three minutes out of their day and two or three minutes out of their life to tell me that I look like uh, a posh twat or a Boris Johnson lookalike. <laughs> Bring it on, I don't care. And a lot of people have realized now that they see me responding to all of these comments and most people are going, why are you doing that? And it's like, well, they think they're trying to be clever and they're trying to put you down. But actually, I'm responding to their comments, asking them for more yeah. Because every comment on a post on Instagram, it gets shared out more and it looks more popular. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So, the, so their hate, yeah, their hate is creating a wider reach for your post. So bring them up, please keep coming. Exactly. <laughs> like it's, it's content. I've even got, I even did a video on my Instagram of like me reading out my hate comments and it's, it's all content for me. And I find it just hilarious. I think, it's hard for some people though to look get to get hate comments and bounce them back type thing and not take it seriously it's not a very common thing to go and sit and laugh at the hate comments you get because they can hurt sometimes but hmm. i think i might have said before and, and to other people i i used to do like youtube vid gaming videos when i was like yeah. 12 13 14 at school and I got a lot of, I got bullied a lot at school for doing it because it's just so different. Everyone found it ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. And this was back in the days when YouTube was still early, early doors as well. Yeah. And 
I got bullied in person and that made me hardy to it full stop like I was hardened to it but I'm also like I can take someone bullying me or being mean to me in person do you really think sending me a comment on Instagram is going to get to me yeah exactly. <laughs> not not happening it? it's not it's not going to work and it, it doesn't and a lot of people close to me like my partner and my my mum and so on kind of they get upset by it of course they do because I'm a loved one and it's horrible to see people hating on you but they don't understand genuinely how I can sit here piss myself laughing at these comments and respond back and fire back yeah it's just part of it like there's if I've said to so many people as well if you're not getting hate or you're not getting people disagreeing with you you're not being provocative enough yes Full stop. And, and that's that like that's why a lot of my stuff is based around being as provocative as humanly possible to create a response type thing yeah yeah get that I, I like that and and you know what like a lot of people will see the amount of likes shares comments that you get and are jealous so they have to feel like oh let's put them down absolutely it's, it's someone bastards. it's someone upset and jealous that you're doing something that they can't it's essentially what it is like I'm once again I made a video about it it's like so many people will put you down because they either can't do it or do not have the confidence and the bollocks to do it themselves yeah. and it's a bit sad in the in the aspect that they have to do that to make themselves feel better about themselves but <clears throat> at the same time I couldn't care less what you have to say like I, I genuinely don't care in fact it helps me and the more you comment the more I grow and I, I still think that all of the horrible comments and messages I've got have led to me then getting the what is it just it's, I think it's 1.1 million plays on everything across my social media now wow. which for someone with only like I think you know, probably a combined 13,000 followers across LinkedIn Instagram TikTok yeah that's a ridiculous number like that's a that's huge a amount of uh, views and I love it I like bring it on bring anything on and I will take it and run with it like it's yeah. I don't I don't care good I like that I like that I like that um, that, that philosophy that's yeah. the word I was looking for yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that philosophy so what do you love about your job that you do there's quite a lot to be fair I am there's there's two different ways that I look at it I just like property generally I'm a bit of a weirdo like that like I really like the architecture of certain properties and a lot of it is the interior design thing as well like seeing how people have done these things to certain houses and how amazing they've done it and you see a wide range you see like 200 grand flats which for the majority of the uk that's a lot of money to buy a flat for in london that's like really Very low cheap. on the level yeah. um cheap exactly um but then you, and you go and see them and you go wow you've done an insane job with this space but there's also one of the best houses I ever saw was a 3.65 million pound house in um, Brook Green in West London. And it was designed by like one of the most famous designers in the UK. It was stunning in every single way and that was awesome. Um, but on the professional level, it's like, I sound cliche, but it's it's helping people. Like it's yeah. it's giving them advice even if they're not coming to see a property with you. and pretty much every buyer and vendor I've had has said you're so different to everyone else because you go to another estate agent and they're not even remotely going to tell you anything good about another property that's on the market it's not going to happen whereas I will sit here and tell you yeah look 
actually, you've come to see a house of me, you should go and see this other house as well, either as a comparable or because actually I think it might have something better for you. Um, but it's also the sympathetic element with the vendors, with the owners, where my house on Brook Green, my three and a half million pound house, they've lived there for 23, 24 years and they don't want to have to move, but they have to move. And it's understanding that and going, look, completely get it. And it's horrible. No one wants to leave a home if they don't have to. Um, so I'm here to go, look, it's okay. I will manage this. You work with me personally the whole time. You're not being farmed around people. You just work with me. I understand. And it's, it's the helping people part of the job, which it sounds so cliche, but when you enjoy what you do and you actually help people find something, it's, that's really rewarding in of itself. It's like just, even if they're not buying through you, creating this image that actually I'm not here to be a sleazy estate agent and tell you that house around the corner is shit, don't buy it, buy our one. If it's a nice house, I will tell you it's a nice house. Contrary yeah. to what I want to say, <laughs> I will tell you it's a nice house. And yeah, I think that's part of it. But also like on the, the personal side, you're good at estate agency, you make catastrophic amount of money like full stop you make a hell of a lot of money like with my old court when you work in corporate companies it's not normal to make more than about i think it's a normal high billers make about 80 90 grand a year um for a couple of years i was banking 130 to 170 grand a year um and if you're good at what you do you make a lot of money and you can live uh, an unreal life in a job where most people look at it as not many people want to be estate agents unless they have to Whereas I want to change that to go to like the American system where actually people want to be a real estate broker. They really enjoy yeah. it because they make money, they do a good job, they have fun doing it. And yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different aspects, but I, I really love what I do. And that's why I think I can sit at my desk 24 hours a day if need be, seven days a week and just work because I think what's the old phrase that you, you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And that's, that's, that's kind of what, that's what I think. That's good, guys. I love that. I love the passion that's coming through, which is really nice to absolutely. see. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's, it, this, is, this is the biggest, one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing someone will ever do in their life, is either buying a house or selling a house. It can yeah. be the most stressful time of anyone's life. It's horrific. And if, it, if you do it wrong, but it can be horrific, even if it's easy. Um, and it's all about making that easier for people and such a stigma in our industry of sleazy estate agents that are just trying to only after your money and only will do what benefits them and so on and so forth. Whereas I'm kind of, I think that's why people like me is already is I'm not about that. Like if I can get a deal and make money, I'm in sales at the end of the day, that's what's gonna happen. But yeah. I'm also here to create a reputation for myself and show what a difference it can be and actually being personal about it and understanding what people are going through and like you buy a million pound house so many stages don't understand how much money that is we get money decent like money desensitized because we talk about it all yeah, day all a million pounds is so much money it's yeah. so much money even someone buying a 250 grand flat that is so much so money lovely. and most people don't understand that we throw figures around yeah that extension will cost you 70 grand. Oh, that's nothing. Don't worry, that's cool. <laughs> but in reality, 70 grand 
<laughs> it's so much money on its own as well. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just changing the image of a state agency in general is what's driving me because I love this industry. I love what I do. I love the houses, but we get such a bad rap because actually there are so many bad estate agents out there yeah. that conform to that stereotype. And it's about trying to progressively change it and modernize the industry is what drives me more than anything no i like that it needs it i think the estate agent and conveyancing world both need modernizing and updating uh, and we're Absolutely. in england we're so stuck in the dark ages um with with things like in america what is it is it 30 days normally with uh, with escrow and things like it's, that it's, it's, in america it's it's, far, it's faster but it's more that there is escrow pretty much at the start unless anything serious happens there's escrow and the money's there i actually spoke to an american broker the other day and he was like it's more of a good faith gesture than it is like a yeah. deposit yeah. but it's still a big good faith gesture and it means that people are significantly less likely to pull out it speeds up the transaction because people aren't looking for issues and they get it done whereas here my video the other day it did fantastically well was you get your offer accepted in the UK, or in England, sorry, because Scotland's very different. You get your offer accepted in England, and between anywhere between six to six weeks to three months, you don't have to put a deposit down, and your whole thing there is trying to find issues so you pay less money for the flat over the long term. Yeah. And it's just so backwards. It's so like it's it's almost like all right, nothing's nothing's broken from what we can see. Let's leave it the same. When in reality everything is broken everything is wrong it all needs to change it all needs to be modernized and just needs to be sped up and we live in 2023 and we're still doing the same thing that was happening in 1950 1940 it's like what's happening here yeah absolutely what, what is happening yeah. and i i don't i don't expect the estate agents in the industry that are 50 60 year old 50 60 years old to want to implement the change because it's worked for them their entire career. Nothing's like, it's, it's just been the case, but I'm 26 and I've done this job for five years now. I've seen how wrong it is over the five years and obviously nothing's been implemented, but now it's time to try and implement something because even if the older people don't want to change, it has to change. And the amount of responses I got to my last video was incredible. Like so many states saying, yes, this needs to be done. This needs to change. And that's got me down a path of thinking of opening a company that then takes holding deposits for purchase sales. And like the same as a tenancy, uh, tenancy deposit where they hold your deposit yeah. for you just in case anything goes wrong. Why is it, there's one small company in Wales that does it, but why is it not a bigger thing? Because I know estate agents will fall over their ass to pretty much secure a deal. Because that's like a 95% certainty then, other than one in three sales in the UK fall through. I would like a third chance that a property is going to fall through is horrible. So it it's needs to change. Me. The conveyancing system needs to be sped up and the estate agency system needs to change as well. So it's all going to come. It's getting there, but it just needs the people to implement it and no one's bothered to do it yet. That's yeah. where I'm going. Excuse my language, but fuck me, this needs to happen. This needs to be put in place now instead of let's wait another 10 years and see what happens. And then all, all of a sudden you lose X amount of money in deals. Like I, I think a lot of it came from in the year, in one year, I did 750 grand in billings at my old company. And my regional sales manager at the time said, 
this is fantastic. Obviously, the amount of money you've made is fantastic. Do you want to know how many, how much money you lost in fall throughs? Cool. And I kind of said, oh, oh. yes, no. Morbid curiosity. To... Oh, yeah, shit. I lost half a million pounds in fall throughs. And shit. when you look at that and go, well, actually, I was on 25% commission. That's 125 grand I lost in commission for myself. That's horrific. Like, that is a life-changing salary for most people in a year anyway. And I yeah. just lost that because someone's decided, oh, do you know what? Actually, I'm not interested in the house anymore. Or, yeah. oh, actually, it's not quite right anymore after thinking about it for six weeks. Some of them you can't control. If something's seriously wrong with the house, yeah, get, like, pull out, go somewhere else. I get that. Don't yeah. worry. But just because you've gone, mm, actually, I don't really like this now. I don't really like that. It's load of rubbish so it needs to change and that's a massive passion of mine is it just it just needs to stop and buyers need to be buyers and vendors they need to be locked into the transaction so no one fucks about and it goes through yeah i think a lot of that as well would be a little bit like the scottish system so that people know what they're buying what they're getting into so having a survey done by the seller so they go right yeah. this is what's going on with the property exactly. take it or leave exactly. it what always exactly. gets me, yeah. Go on. I was gonna say, what gets me is, you know, people buy a house and they view it once, maybe twice, yeah. and then they go, right, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've, yeah. I did that too. What the fuck? Yeah. This is a lot of money I'm spending. <laughs> Some, a buyer raised that to me the other day, and they went, do you know how mental it is that we we could be spending a million pounds after standing in a house for 15 minutes? I was like, <laughs> it is, it's bonkers, and that's why yeah. I, I always say to buyers. I need you to see the house at least twice. Yeah. At least twice on probably a week between so that you've had the week to think about it and then you come back and look at it more objectively. Um, but I think this deposit system and, 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 the and the survey and stuff beforehand, it's going to lead to a lot less offers, which most estate agents won't like. But you know that if someone's prepared to put a 10% deposit down at the start, they are that certain on the house that they will buy it. Um, and I'd much rather have 30 offers less a month and secure deals than throwing offers around yeah. all over the place going, yeah, look at me, I've got 10, 15 offers in a week. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I want the deal secured for me, for the buyers and the vendors, and then no one can go wrong, essentially. But yeah, yeah. the survey beforehand is fantastic. That should be implemented as well. Um, and to speed up the legal process as well searches should be applied for by the vendor as well when the property goes on the market because you've got what is it is it six months before they go out of date so yeah you yeah. can hold them on account and that speeds up the process by two two three weeks anyway so there's so much that needs to be done and that's why a lot of this is now i'm going to be implementing this on a lot of my deals from this point onwards um is that i know it's not normal but you will put a deposit down on this house if you are that certain of buying it um, I don't care what other estate agents do. This is how I'm running it. Take it or leave it. And if you go, if someone then turns around and says, oh, no, no, I'm not putting the deposit down on the flat. Well, fuck me. That tells, them. <laughs> yeah. that tells me exactly what I need to know about your position on this on this place. You're not 100% yeah. sure of it. Anyway. It no, it's so true. Change. It does. Yeah, it really does. And hopefully it starts to come into play a bit more, you know, now that the old guard is... Absolutely. I was going to say dying off, but that sounds dying really off. bad. <laughs> it's right. It's right. I listened to a podcast with Joe Rogan the other day, and it was some architects on there who were, they were like thirty-year-old architects, and they were trying to discover stuff. And they were like, "We actually can't really implement anything 
until the old guard die out and it changes and it's mental that that's that's the case but from a personal and selfish point of view that's happening now in the state agency business in in the uk and especially london they are slowly dying out and it's time to go for it the balls to the wall go for it now is the time to do it if it doesn't happen a new guard of those same people will, will come in and nothing excuse me nothing will happen so that's yeah. it that's it and today today's day and age you've got just eat uber eats you got your uber on your phone everything's like tick like TikTok. you know you lose it like you watch a uh, 10 seconds of a video if you're not hooked you're next so yeah, exactly. also we're asking people who've got short attention spans to wait you know six weeks before they move into a house Board, exactly. like, there, there's a very famous <laughs> phrase in a state agency which is time kills deals because mm. it does because someone could come in and fall head over heels with a flat or a house and love it and know it's going to be their house but the longer a transaction goes on the more chance they have to think and the more chance they have to doubt the purchase yeah. and that's why I say to my that, that's the reason I am 24-7 available with my company is mainly for my buyers and my vendors when they have a freak out because it's going to happen. I've never had a deal where someone's not freaked out about something. And it normally happens at one or two in the morning when you're laying in bed going, oh God, I can't believe what we're doing, what we're doing, I can't get sleep, this is such a bad idea. And I just say to all of my buyers, call me, don't yeah. sit on it. You need to call me at two in the morning, you call me at two in the morning, we will talk this through and we'll get it sorted. And quite a few of them have done that and it's saved deals because even that six hour time difference between two in the morning going crazy about it and the state agent getting into the office at eight nine in the morning that can kill a deal on its own but yeah mm. time does kill deals and the more time goes on the less likely the the, the property is going to exchange type thing so yeah, yeah it, it all needs to change definitely definitely does so you've been in the industry what you say five years now have you yeah. you must have come across some horror stories some something that is gone whoa what is <laughs> is not horror stories in turn well there's been a <laughs> so there was a personal one um where actually before me and my partner bought our current place um we were looking for some other properties um and we went to view we wanted something unmodernized because we wanted to do our own work to it um and we, I'm not going to say the company name because that's just horrific and not fair, but he was a new agent. He was showing us the house, turned up with uh, like a, a big Ikea bag full of stuff, carrying it along with him, um, looked all messy. I asked him, he didn't know I was an estate agent, and I asked him in the property, what's the market like? And as an estate agent, your answer is pretty much always, the market's good, but there could be some exclusions and so on and so forth. He turned around and went, yeah, market's shit. <laughs> oh, right, market's really? shit. And I was like, all right, well, what do you think the, the flat's going to go for? He was like, I don't know, I think it's really overpriced as it is anyway. I'd wait out six weeks and then see what happens. I was <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was in tears afterwards. I was like, that's I can't brilliant. believe this is this has happened. That is outrageous. <laughs> um, but that's the personal side. But the, the I've had a horror show of a, of a house which was um, a really, really nice area. This house is in a beautiful area, really expensive area, completely unmodernized. Um, it'd been empty for four years and drug dealers had been using it as a squat. Um, and been there was uh, we went into view with my first client 
and there was someone that ran out the back door, jumped the fence and left. And there was needles all over the oh, floor. No. There were scratch marks on the walls. There was everything. It was, it was a horrible, ha- well, not horrible, but unmodernized to awfulness. And then these people in there, and it was just like, it took us so long to sell because we actually had to someone have someone come in and clean the house out, and basically someone stay there so that no one else would come in. It then sold pretty quickly, but that was. That basically, you took a step. You could give yourself some form of disease. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> so around. It was so bad. But the lady that bought it in the end, she has done the most insane job to it. She invited me around recently, and it's just—you wouldn't know what it was beforehand. And quite frankly, wow. she give it, gives it to me to sell again. <laughs> I am not going to be telling. Stop. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> but there's there's loads of there's loads of. Estate agency is never straightforward. There's never something easy. There's always a horror show in pretty much every part of the deal. There's there's always that bit where you go, oh, for fuck's sake, what's going on now? What's happened? And it's normally oh, when no. the vendors said something they shouldn't say. And it's not a big deal, but because they've said it and it's not come from the estate agent, it changes quite a lot. And that's not being deceptive. That is, estate agents, in, estate agents don't think it's not a big deal, like at all, not a big deal. But the vendor might then say something and they've come around to measure up the furniture and they'll go, oh shit, what's this? What's yeah. this? And then you've got a two week period of, please just trust me. I know you can't trust the state agents, just trust me. It's fine. But yeah, I think they're the two ones. But that estate agent that I met that day, I was just like, even in my most desperate times, I will never be that person and I will never, ever hire someone like that ever either. No. I found out one of my mates was doing that. I'm sorry, but you're out of the job immediately. You are yeah, not working for definitely. me anymore. That is catastrophic. But that's... yeah, that's probably my horror show. Yeah, that's horrendous, that, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think it was one of those, I was silently laughing my head off. I was just like, I can't believe it. I wish I could record this because this is like the complete opposite of what a state agency should be. And if the vendor found out, luckily it was unmodernized, no one was living there, but if the vendor found out that their estate agent was coming around and saying, no, market shit, house is overpriced, it's terrible, you'll probably get it for a lot less in six, seven weeks' time, I would be banging down their door at whatever time and telling them to jog on. Yeah, exactly, you would, wouldn't you? Shocking. Oh my God, Shocking. that's so bad. There was a, an agency I worked with, um, one of the lads in there had been had been showing someone around, uh, yeah. the vendor was out at work, uh, a complaint come in from the vendor, um, basically shown someone around and as he's leaving the, the, the people have gone he's, he's on the phone as he's locking up and he's there going yeah I've just been shown around yeah, someone is shite shithole <laughs> the guy's got it on the ring doorbell and gone crazy as you can imagine it's like oh mate come on oh, that's why you've got to be so careful like, that's why yeah. if you've got this, this is like estate agent to vendors watching do you have cameras in your house every single one of them will be documented on our notes so that nothing bad is said um and you do have to the the, the only bad thing with having cameras in your house or, or so on is it means that your buyers can't speak truthfully about the house and normally it leads to us getting the impression that actually they really like the house it's fantastic by proxy we'll give you the feedback that actually they really like the house and then in reality they come back to you three days later and go, no, I hated it. It was awful. Didn't like it, this and this. That's the yeah. only downside, but to catch a state agents like that, that is... <laughs> I know. 
Mental, shot. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. I like that. Oh dear. What <laughs> advice have you got for uh, for for people looking to buy a house right now? Um. So if you're right at the start of your search, uh, there was a phrase that I coined um, when I was at my old company, which is called property maturity, which is when you start looking, you will always have this list of criteria of what you want in your house, your flat, whatever. 99% of the time, most of that changes by the time you actually buy a property and it's completely different. So property maturity is go and see as many properties as you can in a short window of different kinds. One might be completely different to what you are expecting, but it means that you can tick off all of these things that you like, get rid of all the things you actually don't like, and then when you find that house or flat that is perfect for you, you don't have to hang around and then go and think about it type thing. You know that it ticks all the boxes. It's not got any of the negatives. Put your offer in there, and not there and then, but put your offer in quickly and secure it because you know what you're looking for and it, it completely gets rid of doubt. Most estate agents will tell you that a lot of their deals come from, especially with mine, come from a buyer inquiring into one flat, then being shown something different alongside it and they actually then buy that different flat because mm. the flat they've inquired into, they think that's what they want, but it's not. And the other thing that you, you get shown actually ends up being perfect because Estate agents, good estate agents are like Sherlock Holmes. We very quickly deduce what you're looking for and what will work for you. A lot of estate agents will show you properties that just aren't right for you because that's just what they've got to do to fill their quota. But good estate agents will genuinely ask you, look, give me another 20 minutes of your time. Let me show you something else. I genuinely think it'll work for you. If you don't like it, cool. I, I won't offer you a recommendation again, but just trust me on this one. Um, so that would be one thing I'd say is go and see as much as you can at the start of different varieties and tick them all off or on your list. Um, the other thing would be to get yourself set up as fast as possible in terms of get your mortgage in principle because estate agents will take you more seriously. Um, whether, that's, uh, whether that should happen or not, they will take you more seriously because they know there is a certainty that you can afford the flat. Um, and just get yourself set up like there's no harm in being registered with loads of estate agents. Yes, you might get quite a few calls and things like this, but there's no harm in making sure you're on the system with loads of estate agents because if something off market comes up, like two days before launch, a good estate agent will call you and say, look, it's not on market yet, it's perfect for you, come and have a look. Go and see it, what's, what's the harm in, in going to have a look? Um, but just getting yourself set up, making sure you understand what you're looking for, kind of give yourself a dense criteria to start with you can always broaden it if you need to but give yourself a dense criteria um and just go and see some houses like even if you don't like them when i was a state agent a lot of my flats design came from actually a flat i was showing because i thought it was beautiful and it can also give you interior design ideas for a potential house or flat that you buy yeah. um but yeah i just say property maturity is, is something that i preach more than anything to a lot of people looking to buy is Go and see stuff. Make sure you've ticked all of the stuff off that you want, all of the stuff that you don't want, tick it off the box as well. Um, and that way, when you come to find a house you like, you can go for it type thing. I think that's that's my biggest my biggest piece of advice would be to do that. That's that's really good advice. And it's funny you just say that. I was speaking to someone earlier about when I was younger, I was looking to buy a house. I had a deposit, I was ready. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to buy. And it was a, I'm shit at DIY. 
and anything manual labor so i was yeah. like i want to move into something low maintenance move in job done okay and i went to see and, and i fell in love with a fixer upper and i remember yeah. the second viewing i had i took my dad and my dad's like this is shit this is not what you want and i was like but it's yeah. so nice. and then this and i could do this and he's like you cannot do that. You are not yeah, practical-minded no, like that. I was like, absolutely. yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so Yeah, and that was, with, with the parents bit as well, that was something I'd add as well, is if there's someone else that's part of the transaction that needs to see it, get them in to see it before you put an offer in because families are there to help you, but families can also be there to give their own personal opinion and that might not be the same as what your belief is and that personal opinion can cost you a deal. So if you wait till you've been under offer for four weeks on a flat or a house, and your parents are gonna have a big say in it and they've not seen it, there is then a 50% chance that deal falls through. It's that black and white. Whereas if you bring, if you've got parents that need to come and see it or extended family that you want their opinion, get them in to see it before you put your offer in because it saves you time. You're not under offer on a flat for four weeks that you'll end up pulling out of. It also saves you money because getting a mortgage costs you money, getting a, a solicitor on board. Most London solicitors won't be no win, no fee type thing. They will just take a fee. So you're gonna lose, in London, you can lose around 1,500 quid to two grand just by being under offer on a house and pulling out. Um, so that would be, yeah, that, that's a big part is getting your parents in to see it because I, I learned that very early on when I had a couple of deals fall through because parents didn't come to see it early enough and it fell through and that was on me because I didn't advise them to get them in fast enough and it could have saved the vendor some time and me some time and the buyer some time but that's massively important if parents need to see it get them in to see it type thing yeah 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 definitely so with but you're right with, with your with your house the the the, the go is you, you always go for something that's pretty much the opposite of what you want to buy it's, it's pretty much always the case and it's just that's why you need to see a lot of stuff because you want to rule out the fact that you're under offer on something and you've seen something new come up on right move you want to rule out the fact that actually no matter what that is i'm not going to be interested in it but most of the time people go under offer on something they like but then all of a sudden something comes up on right move and they go to see it and they kind of like it but not too much but it just confuses you that little bit yeah. and it makes you worry um but yeah don't be afraid to just go and see stuff like don't be afraid at the start especially the one pretty much at the start, to have a, take a, an estate agent's recommendation to come and see something because you'll either work out very quickly that they know what you're looking for or very quickly which agents not to take advice from. <laughs> you <laughs> could brought that out very quickly. Yeah. But yeah, just go and see as much stuff as you can. Get everyone in, in that needs to see it. Get your mortgage sorted. Take an estate agent's solicitor recommendation. For God's sake, do that. Most estate agents do not take a kickback for solicitor recommendations they just make a deal easier. Do not go with your dad's extended cousin's solicitor who's 70 years old out in the countryside that has no idea what a leasehold is. Just go with someone that your agent's either recommended or in the local area so they know what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, just get yourself set up, set, like in pretty much everything, set yourself up for success and then you won't you won't fail. So yeah, yeah I, I tell definitely, you. I like that. What, what is your dream home? You work with all these lovely homes. What's your dream home? There's two. There's two. So there's, I actually walked past it the other day and one of them, it, uh, it broke my heart a little bit, just seeing, just seeing it there, not having the money to afford it. But there's a 
there's a house in Ravenscourt Park in um, uh, in West London that looks over the park. It's this massive pink house. It's got a turret up the side. Um, sold for two and a half million five years ago. That's my immediate dream house. Uh, but my super it like super dream house. There's a road in um, I think it's Maida Vale, um, Maida Vale St John's Wood area called Hamilton Terrace, okay. and that is the most stunning street I have ever seen in my life. Every single house, no, nearly every single house in that road is a double-fronted, detached villa. They're normally about 10,000 square foot. They have 300-foot gardens. People have gone crazy with them. People have dug underground garages and all of this kind of stuff. They are just insane. They go for about 30 million pounds. So, Oosh. give me 20 years, 25 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my like that's since I moved to London and drove down that road randomly at some point yeah. I've always gone Do you know what if I make a stupid amount of money that is where I'm gonna live um, that's because they're just incredible and there's one specific agent um, DVRE global that get pretty much all the houses on that road and I see them come up on social media and I kind of go one day one day but I have, it's bizarre because I have a really interest in buying a house like that, but I have no interest in selling a house like that um, because I've never been particularly interested in super prime house selling, like the, your 20, 30, 40 million pound houses. It's yeah. never really appealed to me because when you sit there and go, actually, think about it, how many people in London have got 30 million pounds to spend on a house? And then narrow it down, how many people in that specific part of London are people, how many people there looking to spend 30 million pounds on a house? Yes, you've got international buyers and so on, but I'd much rather take the family area where you're actually making an impact on someone's life and it's actually a lot quicker. I don't want a property of mine to sit on the market for three years and then potentially sell. But saying that, I've always wanted to live on that road. It's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. Like it's it's stunning to like the next level they are send you a link for one of them afterwards they are yeah, just too so. they are awesome um but yeah 30 million quid that's what it takes to get a nice finished one what? so i'll get the checkbook we'll out see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens sell the company in 25 years hopefully it's got a value of maybe three times that and then i can comfortably comfortably Com buy a house like that as i say it's all right having the 30 million it's it's the rest in it to keep it maintained it's Jesus. having 30 million to just spend on a house. I think that's the, that's yeah. the big thing, is, is having the the 60 million on top to go and actually live a really nice life on top and not be <laughs> eating beans on toast. In the <laughs> yeah. Can't afford the heating, so uh, it's freezing, but it's massive, so yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly, so, but yeah, it's, it, that's Hamilton Terrace, one of the double-fronted detached villas is one of my dream, dream homes, full stop, absolutely. Love it. That's brilliant. Mate, thank you very much for sharing that with us today. Really appreciated you coming on the podcast. I've had a, I've had a great a great time. It's it's flown by. I think we've done 40, 46 minutes already and it's sort of flown. That's bad at all. Yeah, you did. I love it. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, uh, where can they do that? Um, so I then go to my Instagram, which is at Oliver Howard London. London is spelled LBN, so it's at Oliver Howard LBN. TikTok is the same at Oliver Howard LBN. LinkedIn is Oliver Howard, and my website is www.ohre.co.uk. 
Excellent. I will put all those links in the show notes down below. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to uh, follow and uh, recommend it to friends. And I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Home Buyer Club podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more like this, don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a comment and tell us what you think. 